Book 4, Chapter 6 of The Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asha, MTST.TV. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah G. Chapter 6. When next the tenor saw Angelica, after he had learned that she was the boy's sister, he felt that a new interest had been added to her attractions. It was on a Saturday afternoon in the cathedral as usual, and she came in late. But almost as soon as she had taken her seat, she looked at the tenor with an earnest, anxious glance that reminded him of her brother, and her colour deepened. The boy had told her then, the tenor thought, and he was glad she knew that they had met. It was a bond of union which seemed to bring her nearer. He noticed now how like in feature the brother and sister were. The girl looked taller as well as older and was altogether on a larger scale, her figure being amply developed for her age, while the boy's was fragile to a fault. Her hair was dark too, while his was light. But with these slight differences, there was lightness enough to show that they were twins. They both had the same shaped eyes, the same straight, well-defined, dark eyebrows and long lashes, the same features, the same clear skin and even teeth, but the expression was different. There was never any devilment in the girl's face. It was always pale and tranquil, almost to sadness, as the tenor thought, standing out in fair relief against the dark oak carving of the stalls. Her movements were all made, too, with a certain quiet dignity that seemed habitual. In the boy, on the contrary, there was no trace of that graceful attribute. He threw himself about, lolled, lolloped, and gesticulated, with as much delight in the free play of his muscles, as if he were only let out to exercise them occasionally, and it seemed as if he must always be at daggers drawn with dignity. But such a slender intellectual creature could not, without absurdity, acquire the ponderous movements and weight of manner of smaller wits and duller brains. In the girl, quiescence was the natural outcome of womanly reserve. In the boy, it would have been mere affectation. His lightness and brightness were his great charm at present, a charm, however, which was much enhanced by moments of thoughtfulness which gave glimpses of another nature beneath, with more substantial qualities. The tenor had soon perceived that he was not all mischief, romp and boishness. All that was on the surface, but beneath there was a strong will at work with some purpose, or the tenor was much mistaken. And there was a daring, and there was originality. This was the tenor's first impression, and further acquaintance only confirmed it. Having formed his opinion of the boy's abilities, the tenor began to make plans for his future, and the selflessness of the man's nature showed itself in nothing more clearly, perhaps, than in the consideration he gave to the lad's career. His own had not cost him so much as a thought for years, but now he roused himself and became ambitious all at once for the boy. He believed that there was the making of a distinguished man in him, 
and he allowed the hope of being able to influence him in some worthy direction to become as much a part of his daily life as another hope had become a hope which is strongly felt but not yet acknowledged except in so far as it took the form of a desire to see her and made known its presence with force in the pang of disappointment which he suffered if by chance she failed to come as usual to the service on saturday afternoon he saw in the girl an ideal and had found surly enough in the laughter-loving boy to make him eager to befriend him and thus into the tenor's life two new interests had found their way and something which had hitherto been wanting to make the music of it perfect was heard at last in his wonderful voice when he sang end of chapter 6 recording by asha mtst.tv